0: At the end of the Gospel today, we hear that after the Holy Family had completed their business for which they had come to Jerusalem, it was time for them to go home and return back to their own city, and so so the time has come for us as well to conclude our business here in the Holy Land and return to our hometowns. A number of people have pointed out when asked what what has been the, the highlight or It's hard to name just one thing, but one thing that people point to is how having been all around this place now from the north to the south and even all the way down to the Jordan River and up uh, almost to the the coast as we came down today, we've been all uh, around and you you get a sense of all of what happened in the Bible happened in this little area and, and we have now been there also think that as we prepare to go home, I'd like to to tie in a little bit with the presentation today the fact that it's easy to miss the coming of Jesus or his manifestations. On this Feast of the Presentation, we know Jesus, when he came in his birth, there was some kind of a, a sign in the sky that if you were paying attention like the Magi, they saw it, but others didn't. We imagine what it would have been like for Jesus to come to the temple today at his presentation, to, to come up those, those three gates that we saw on the south side of the, the temple and climb up to the top and you know stand right where we were. And now that you've been there, you get a sense of how big the the top of the, the temple Mount would have been. How easy it would be for it to be insignificant. Well, there's, there's one more couple bringing a, a firstborn son to the temple to perform the rites, and you can see how people would have missed it. And yet, much as the magi saw the star and were waiting, we see that Simeon and Anna, they were waiting, and they saw Jesus come into the temple. Pray that as we prepare to go home, we too have had encounters with Jesus. And I just use for the homily today a little reflection on what I noticed when we were up on top of the mountain there on Mount Tabor, what a beautiful gift it was to, to have mass right on, on top of the very ancient church. You could see it through the, the floor, the Byzantine-era church. And in the, uh, the little almost cave where we were, some of you that were in there would have seen it, but there are four different mosaics on the, the vault of the, the ceiling. And I always have noticed those and found them very beautiful, but today it, it kind of hit me how ironic those mosaics are. And so I just give that to us today as our, our final meditation as we prepare to go. Because the Church of the Transfiguration celebrates a moment in which God made himself abundantly clear. He hit Peter, James, and John over the head with a sign that was so impressive that it was undeniable. Jesus, for a brief moment, tore back the, the veil that normally veils all of God's work in this world, even his Godhead, veiled in flesh, as we sing broken open for a brief moment, and Peter, James, and John got the gift that I think all of us desire so much in prayer. Face-to-face vision of the glory of God in a way that cannot be denied. It was so amazing that, of course, you saw there Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's good that we're here. Let's just stay. And I think that would be all of our desire almost at at this point, not just on Mount Tabor, but here when you encounter that, you just want to stay. It's so immediate and tangible; you can't miss it. That's what we're made for in heaven. But then, in the those mosaics, here's why I think that it's rather almost counterintuitive. Because if you if you saw those mosaics, they're all manifestations of Jesus, but in a hidden sort of way, almost the opposite. Of what happens on Mount Tabor. At least that's what occurred to me today. As I looked at it, how beautiful that we start over on the, the gospel side in the front. It's, it's an image of the Christ child in, in the manger. How beautiful that that's exactly where, where we started in, in Bethlehem. But if you think about it, that image of Jesus as a helpless little baby in the manger. That's a sign that is easily missed. That's not like the transfiguration. That's not like what happened on Tabor. That's the opposite. That's, that's God present but in a, a hidden sign. The little baby in a manger. Everybody missed it. Herod was surprised to hear that, oh, my enemy, the one that I think is going to overturn me, is not returning to Bethlehem as an adult man for a census but as a little baby? Bishop Barron often talks of Jesus like slipping quietly behind the enemy lines as a little baby. And so that first mosaic is a sign that was easily missed. Then, then you move over, and the, the next one is of the, the Eucharist. It says, Behold, I am the bread of life. Again, a, a hidden, veiled sign. Wouldn't we all love to be face to face with Jesus and his divinity and behold him the way he was revealed at the Transfiguration? And yet, the sign we're given, the sign of the Christ child in Bethlehem, and then every day to us, the sign of the Eucharist. And it's the angel holding up the host as if to say, no, no, what happened on Tabor just up above us is just as real in the Eucharist. It's just not as obvious. What a beautiful thing that we're here in, in this church. Uh, this village of Abu Ghosh is one of, if not the most authentic traditional places, where they believe, is the site of Emmaus, Emmaus, the, the village to which the apostles were going on Easter Sunday, sad. And here they encounter Jesus, in the breaking of the bread. In fact, the instructions very beautifully for the uh, procession with candles tonight on Candlemas, it talks that just as the light went into the temple, it asks and prays that we would recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread. So well, How cool is that, that we're at the very place where that miracle of the breaking of the bread on Easter Sunday took place to those disciples who were going to this village. You could imagine them in the evening sitting down and having dinner And and there Jesus was revealed to them in the Eucharist. How counterintuitive that they actually had Jesus face to face and they didn't recognize him until the breaking of the bread. I wonder how many times we fail to recognize Jesus in the breaking of the bread, wishing that we could be face to face with him instead. So again, kind of a, a counterintuitive sign for Tabor. Jesus again hidden under the Eucharist, uh, a difficult sign. Who can understand it? And then moving over to the epistle side of the sanctuary, we, we have then a lamb looking as though dead. Again, a, a, a countersign to the, the revelatory nature of the transfiguration. How can a lamb that is dead have anything to do with The revelation of God. Now, the the Latin underneath it says, I was dead, and yet I live. That kind of counterintuitive juxtaposition. A dead lamb, yet is alive. A sign, again, difficult for us to see. How can something dead really be alive? As we've talked all about, how can the things that I don't want, that I cannot change, the suffering that I have to bear, how can that give life? How can a dead lamb at the same time be dead and yet alive? How can suffering both be painful and harmful and yet the thing that I most need that gives me life and moves me forward? A seeming countersign is in fact the the best sign again. It's God present in suffering and death. God hidden, present under the sign of a little baby. God hidden and present under the sign of the sacred host. God hidden and yet present in death. And then finally, there's the the last one, and the sign there is an empty tomb and it says simply Reserexit known as heek. He has risen, he is not here. That word heek. You know, we've seen that word so many times now on our journey. I talked about the joining of time and space when we were in, in Bethlehem. Over and over the the missiles that we've used at the sacred places here in the Holy Land Have, have added that little word, heek, all over the place. You know, even at the Mount of the Transfiguration, we were there. And Peter took, and Jesus took Peter, James, and John up this mountain, heek, here. We're in Bethlehem, heek, this place. Jesus was born all over. We've, we've read heek there. When we were just across the the hill country here, we've come back to where we started. We started just across the valley on the other hill in Ein Karem, and there we, we read on the floor, Heek, Precursor Domini Natus Est, here the precursor of the Lord was born, John the Baptist. When we were in Nazareth at the Church of the Annunciation, there we read, hic Verbum caro factum Est, here the word was made flesh. All over we've seen this word, Heek, here, 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 here. Those places have revealed more and more God to us. That's why they call this whole land the, the fifth gospel. And yet, this last mosaic, it doesn't say heek here, rather it says, non est heek. He is not here. All over our journey, here, this, here, here, and here. And over the empty tomb, it says, known as Teak, Not here. When I had the the chance to do an all-night vigil in the tomb, I prayed for like three hours on Calvary to commemorate overnight Jesus' death on the cross. And then I, I was all alone in the tomb, and I got to just pray. And I remember kneeling down, and just laying my head on the the slab where Jesus' body had been, and I I looked up, and the the little inscription on the the bottom in silver of uh, the icon that was there simply says, Non-Aztique. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Non-Aztique is not here. And it occurred to me at that moment as I Left the, that empty tomb, that in fact, I had a chance, as now all of you have had the chance, to witness exactly what happened on Easter Sunday morning. So many times we have to think, what would it be like to be, you know, there, or what would it be like to be there 2,000 years ago? We, we couldn't be there to hear Jesus give the Sermon on the Mount yesterday, so we can imagine what would it have been like if... Jesus had been here, and we'd all been up there. But at the empty tomb, we got to do exactly what Peter and John did on Easter Sunday morning. We got to do exactly what all the apostles would have done, what people for 2,000 years have done. We got to go into that tomb, and coming out, we are now witnesses to the truth, known as Teak. is not here we are witnesses now to that empty tomb we are witnesses to a God who though hidden has been revealed to us as we go back down the mountain now and, and go home what kind of witnesses will we be? We have the same evidence that they had. We have been to the empty tomb. We've been in it. He is not there. The question is now, can we go out and be the same kind of witnesses that they were on that first Easter Sunday to say, I've seen the empty tomb, no nest he. He's not there, but I have seen the Lord. That's what the two apostles coming to this place on that first Easter Sunday evening, got to experience. He was hidden from their eyes for a time. He was hidden even from the chosen people at his presentation in the temple. He remains hidden for so many people today to whom we are going back. And so God sends us, as we sing in the introit today, as a light of revelation to the nations. And we go with this great news of a hidden God who now demands that that revelation, tearing back the veil, well, we're supposed to do that, came hidden as a little baby, hidden in the Eucharist, hidden in pain and suffering, And perhaps most contradictory of all, the greatest witness of the the resurrection that is a physical place is not a heek at all. It's not a here. It's a known-est heek. He's not here. And then the real revelation of God is us. Anybody can see the empty tomb. Anybody can go in. Anybody can go to the place where he's born. Anybody can show up at mass. Everybody suffers. But if the nations are going to encounter now the God that we know, as we've experienced it over the last 11 days, it will only be because of one final heek, one last here. It's if God is present here. Peak in our hearts, and then we go out as a light of revelation to the nations. Then God will no longer be veiled and hidden, but will truly be revelatio, revealed.